0: Oh, come on. Come on? It's always got the video thing going on. There we I, go. I don't know why. It's probably a setting I've got. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, man, how you doing? I'm doing okay, Pete.
1: How are you doing?
0: Oh, not too bad. It's come to my attention that one of my friends thinks <laughs> I am addicted to horse tranquilizers. <laughs> It's terrible, Um, but it would clarify a lot of things that I've wondered about for a long time.
1: Like what fucking things? (laughs) Like why you're so eerily calm and then suddenly so angry.
0: God damn it, that's just the way I am. Fucking, uh. Uh, ah. So your problem was just with regular Special K. Yeah, it was that I had to eat food and I didn't know what food to eat. And I was like, God damn it, I'll have these Special K almond flakes.
1: That's not that's not what normal people would call a problem exactly. That's just
0: you know you got to have breakfast. I had a problem with it. I don't okay. like onion uh, onion flakes. I like onion flakes. For <laughs> breakfast, don't. though. No. No. No, not at all. <laughs> this episode is not brought to you by Astro Boy. No, it is. If you it's, watch Astro Boy, I'm going to kill you. It's also not brought to you by Speed Racer. Um. And and I'll, I'll kick it over to Adam for the credits because uh, I'm blanking on them. That's cool. All right. So Speed Racer was directed by the
1: Wachowski siblings because they're not brothers anymore because one of them is now a lady. And uh, stars uh, Emile Hirsch as Speed Racer, Christina Ricci as Trixie, John Goodman and Susan Sarandon as his parents, and... Polly Lit as his little brother, and I can't remember who uh,
0: plays the uh, the bad guy. And Matthew also, Matthew Fox this, plays Racer X. I know that Ma-
1: Racer X is not the bad guy. I um, know, but he plays. He's Racer- getting to Matthew Fox, God, fuck, sorry. Look, you're all like, I'm gonna kick it over to you until I feel like you've made a mistake, and then I can jump right in.
0: I I thought maybe you wouldn't get to Matthew Fox because I. I wasn't done. I'm on a huge Lost kick right now, and I felt like you haven't seen Lost, and I might even be wrong over that, but I thought See, that All of Lost. Good God. You've seen All of Lost? Yes. Okay. I watched it when it was on the TVs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know why you even thought that. I don't know. <sighs> I thought I thought we'd had a discussion about it, and it was something that you deemed unworthy of your time. No, I, I liked I liked um good I, I liked portions of Lost. Oh, okay. Um, some
1: Sometimes non-contiguous portions, but uh, on average, I like it.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, that's good. <laughs> you just expect me to
1: dislike things that you like a lot.
0: I what think. I'm trying to do is I'm trying to work myself into this character that you've... you've what? This special K addict that you've painted uh, oh. me as, and I'm just trying to just be super calm until you say something objectionable, and then I'm going to get really fucking mad at you. This is going to be the best podcast, ever. <laughs> I'm, go- I'm probably going to leave it alone in a little while. I'm well, a little frazzled. Here's, gotta- here's the thing: is
1: that, that that as soon as you start dissing Speed Racer, which is my assumption as to what's going to happen, since you were callous enough to walk out of it the first time you tried to watch it okay, in the actual theater, I assume that I'm going to get really mad, like all the time.
0: Okay, Let's so get down p- to it. Tell then. me,
1: tell, tell me, tell me, tell Pete, show me on the doll how you felt about Speed Racer. <laughs>
0: I felt like it was a kid's movie. Um, going into it the second time, knowing that it was a kid's movie, I enjoyed it a lot more because my expectations were vastly different. But the first time that I watched it, I was not pleased at all with what I was seeing. It looked artificial to this. Like Even after the second watching, I have a problem with not how artificial it looked, but how how... Haphazard, the artificiality came off to me. It didn't didn't seem professional, especially inside of that factory, or that whatever that place is. It's entirely intentional. It's it's evoking the
1: look of uh, and feel of not just not just anime from the sixties, but like. Imported dubbed anime from the sixties. It's, it's got a very specific project, and also I can—I'm gonna swear—I cannot fucking believe that you say you, that you say that that this looks artificial and you and you have trouble with it when you fucking love that goddamn Tintin abomination.
0: There, I said it. <laughs> because Tintin looked like it created this world. Yeah, where, this shitty looking world where everybody's got like tumors all over their heads. Okay, you thought it was shitty looking, I thought it looked pretty <sighs> sweet, but this one just looked like. It, okay, you know like. It, it didn't look... Because it was all computer animated, so it didn't look to me like an homage to 60s animation or even 60s animation that's been overdubbed and transported across the ocean. It looked to me just like a sloppily thrown-together computer animation. And some of like the racing sequences were excellent. They were beautiful. I loved that. But the... the, the Basically, just the set pieces in in the... Um, factory or what, what really got Oh, man. What? Okay, you know
1: you know what they were doing? Okay, you may
0: or may not know this. So what they were
1: specifically doing on the film when they made it is what they did was instead of, okay, you know how normally if you film something, some things are in the foreground and background and they have different levels of um,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: thingy. Depth uh, of field. Yeah, depth of, you know, they're in different focus. What they did was they layered, they layered everything so it all has the same focus, background and foreground, to look more like cell animation. Hmm. So they pull everything. So everything's just as crisp, which is part of what makes it look non-realistic. But its they were trying to find the cinematic equivalent of what animation looks like. Well, and I think they did a really good job. And I think it looks spectacular.
0: No, I think if they were going to do that, they should have filmed it live action completely. And they should have used shitty set pieces.
1: <sighs> I would have respected They weren't making that a Flintstones movie. God,
0: (laughs) not not shitty set pieces that were trying to be good set pieces like that awful Flintstones movie. I mean, like actual like 1960s Star Wars, they're Star Trek type set pieces.
1: No, I know. But they were trying they weren't they weren't trying to make it look exactly like the old show. They were sort of they were they were doing a bunch of stuff there. They were trying to say, okay, if we've got today's technology, what can we do that we can try to make a film as kinetic as as anime is? But still, be live action, but you know, sort of non-realistic and
0: candy-colored, and, and an explosion and a treat for your eyes, my friend. A treat. I did enjoy a lot of what I saw. The racing was spectacular. I will say that, and uh, I didn't have nearly as much a problem with the dialogue this time around as I did the first time through. Is it because? Is it because I prepped you for it? Yeah, it is actually, because uh, I was it's actually. No, go ahead and say. Oh, I, I was like, I was looking for. Uh, I was no longer looking for nuance and subtlety in the dialogue, and I was looking for, like you said, it's operatic. It's it's just emotion that they're trying to convey, and it's not, you know, a, a clever turn of phrase or anything like that. So I, I appreciated the dialogue a little bit more Good. this time.
1: I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go on record with with uh, how I prepped you for this in case it helps other people, because mm-hmm. I'm here to help. Uh, <laughs> so what what I what I said to you. Uh, and prep for watching this movie because you had, ex- uh, expressed problems with the dialogue. And I, um, uh, had a, my friend, my friend, Eddie, friend, Eddie, hi Eddie, shout out, uh, basically told me the same thing about reading, um, Jack Kirby's, uh, new gods comics, uh, back in the day before I had read them is that, um, uh, the di- dialogue is, is super non, um, naturalistic and it's it like you said it's like it's like opera it's there to it's there to to do a specific purpose it's not there to be necessarily clever or natural or anything like that it's there to to get you to the next thing which is a lot like how dubbed anime works it's it's a lot of info dump and stuff like that but if you if you take it as archetypal like everything that the character's just saying is basically meant to be that thing like a concrete concept rather than a piece of dialogue per se it it makes a lot more sense because the The film's project is not to be clever in its dialogue for the most part, although uh, John Goodman's Nanja uh, crack is pretty hilarious.
0: Yeah, you said to look out for John Goodman's dialogue, and I did, and it was the same as everybody else's.
1: He said Nanja. He said, shame what passes for a ninja these days. He was all, like, dismissive of those ninjas. It was great because it's John Goodman, and John Goodman's always great. (laughs)
0: I'm, I'll agree with you there. I love I love yeah. Mason John Goodman.
1: The, let's let's uh, let me talk about how how good the casting is, is in this movie because everybody is perfectly cast in this film.
0: Now, one of the reasons I walked out of the film the first time is because of how conflicted it made me feel about Christina Ricci. Here's something about Christina Ricci: <laughs> I've had a crush on her since she starred in Casper when I was like not mermaids. when what not mermaids because that would have been super creepy. She mm. was very. Young. I have not seen mermaids. Oh, okay. I don't that's even cool. know what that is. Uh, it was Cher on Winona Ryder and Christina Ricci. Uh,
1: it's not very good. I don't really recommend it. It doesn't either. sound very good. No, but Christina Ricci is like five
0: years old or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, if that's where you
1: started getting a crush on her, creepy.
0: Yeah, no. But, I mean, I'm five years younger than her or something like that. So, yeah. No, when Casper came out, I was probably seven or eight, and I think she oh. was 13. And so I was like, yeah, you're awesome and stuff and ever since then I've been like I saw Black Snake Moan and I was like oh and then (laughs) I saw this movie and I was like what in the what fuck I mean you're all it's like you're a child but I don't you're so really
1: because she and Speed are totally having sex so I don't think they're children at all
0: I know but I
1: was the whole thing just made me feel really weird I'm so sorry I mean okay here's the thing I don't I don't think it is a children's movie per se I think I think it's I think you're it, right. Its, it, it's intent is to be a family
0: movie. Sprydele gives the finger to a guy in the first yeah. act. That that was not long before I walked out the first time. Fair enough. And I'm- also, to be fair, I was with a girl, and she is nuts st- still, but I don't talk to her anymore. But when I, when I saw it in the theater, we walked out because she was not having a nice time, and maybe I would have been more open minded, but. Now, that's... uh, You know what? That's fair.
1: I've never walked out of a movie that I've paid to see in my entire life.
0: I... God's honest truth. I think I've walked out of two. I can't remember what the other one is. It'll come back to me. Anyway, no, the casting, for the most part, was really great. I really do love Emil Hirsch a lot. Um... His eyebrows are perfect for that role. Are they? Um, see, and here's the other thing: is I'm pretty much unfamiliar with the source material. Mm. I've seen like one or two installments, but when I was young, and I don't remember it all that much.
1: I, I don't know that if I've, I've ever actually really seen it, but I, I'm familiar with the iconography mm. fundamentally. Like I know it. I know it's. I know who, what Speed Racer looks like. I know what his family looks like, even if I've never really wanted to watch the show. Right. So, and I mean, it's it's not like. The, the movie is very self-contained. It doesn't require you to have any prior knowledge. I mean, come on. The first, like, 15 minutes of the film um, is, is a masterclass in, in efficient storytelling.
0: Yeah, that was huge, all that backstory in one go. And I wasn't bored of it like I was in Savages. Well, you hate Savages. I do, immensely. And I was like, oh, my God, they're they're doing a whole bunch of of exposition. They're letting me know what's going on and I don't fucking hate it. And it's all happening in the first act. What's going on here? They're doing this right? What?
1: There are there are entire movies that don't do as much in the first the in their running time as Speed Racer gets done in like fifteen minutes. It's true. It's 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 just astonishing. And it's done so well. And the part of the reason why they can do it that way is because they've created a visual language in the film that allows them this Temporal malleability without straining the, the the you know the boundaries of the film they're making. You can flip back and forth like that, and it makes it makes sense. You can do these ridiculous visual wipes and, and and stuff, and you can have a character named Speed Racer. That's true, and it fits in that world. And his entire family' his last name is Racer, and you can yeah. I mean, it, it works really really well. I mean, they have to set this all up so that you're willing to buy into the rest of the film. You're willing to take this on, and I think by making the whole world outsized having a guy whose name literally is speed racer doesn't seem like such a big deal within that context because everything
0: is is hyper saturated Mm -hmm. you know i do have a problem with hyper reality as uh as an ideological statement I don't know that it's ideological. I think it's—I think it's meant
1: to be fun in this particular case.
0: It's always meant to be fun. That's the problem. That's a problem with Disneyland. Yeah. Is that it creates a world that's ostensibly not of this earth, and you put children into it as though it is reality, and it's a place of fun where there are no consequences. And I feel like it's damaging to to the way people think about their actions. Have you been reading Baudrillard? Yeah, I knew it. Uh huh. Uh-huh. As soon as I brought up the Disneyland thing, right? That gave it away. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Pretty much. Well, I mean, it's, 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 we're talking about Simulacra, and I mean, come on, if, anybody, if anybody's going to be working within uh, that context, it's the Wachowskis, because, I mean, The Matrix is all about that anyway.
0: Yeah, it's true. But the- that's, the, that's the letdown
1: for me of, of, of them not revealing that Zion was actually just another, another Matrix, basically, meant to make them think The Matrix was fake by giving them a shitty reality that
0: must be real comparatively. Right. It's the previous <sighs> version of The Matrix, right? It's a, it's a shell game. Yeah, we're every, so that they're like, "Yay,
1: we're free!" And they're like, pfft, "Yeah, you're you're so free, and you're sh- you're, you're even a shittier version of the Matrix." Yeah,
0: they, every time, every time there's a singularity, they the machines just cap it off with another layer of simulacral hyperreality. And Zion's all the way down, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. It's Zion. But anyway, all the way I was down. waiting
1: for that for for a big revelation like that, and then it was like, no. We're just going to blow things up for two hours now. Enjoy. I hope I hope the philosophy didn't get in your way in the previous two movies because we're done.
0: Yeah, just before Reloaded came out, I uh, was having a discussion with some friends. I was in junior high, and I, I laid that theory on them, and it blew their fucking minds. And they were like, oh, my God, they're not going to do that. Are you kidding me? And then they didn't do it. And I was like, well, no. shit.
1: After Reloaded came out, I really liked Reloaded, because, and I was all excited for th- what they were going to do next, and I literally would, like, talk people's ears off for, like, the next six months or however long it was between movies about, oh, this, and, like, John Baudrillard, that, the Simulation and Simulacra. Oh, my God, all this stuff they could do. And then I sat there for two hours and, and feeling progressively more despairing.
0: See, the the thing... The, I the, should watch them again, but... The betrayal yeah. of the Wachowskis with Speed Racer is that they they paint this Simulacrum... As a, a negative and as an allegory to the way that the culture industry works uh, in and around, you know, every middle class person in North America or, or the West or wherever it fucking works. And and they, they make a scathing indictment of it across these three movies of decreasing quality, and then mm. they go and make Speed Racer, and they use that very device just to make you have fun and Fucking go to the theater to renew your labor power instead of thinking about shit. I don't want wow. to get all Marxist and heavy on this fucking podcast because wow. you're supposed to laugh at it. But it, uh, it, it jostled my joints a little bit. Okay. And
1: I just watched it and I'm like, man, this is fun and it looks really good and it's well-paced. And I, I'm enjoying all the, the performances for what they are and I'm, I'm having such a good time. I don't really need to feel – I don't feel like it's a not – not, not every movie needs to be analyzed on a, you know, a Marxist perspective, my friend.
0: No, that that's true. Uh, it's maybe just, they just wanted to make a movie that everybody could see instead of people over the age of 18. It's just that movies that are made purely for – I have a problem with fun, basically, is what it goes down to. If you, oh my if you want to God. turn this into an ad hominem argument, you can just go – all Freudian on me and get right down into my little childhood detail cracks and find out that I just don't think that fun is a worthwhile endeavor unless you're also getting something done at the same time.
1: Wow. That, I, I don't know what to say to that. Except I, that I'm I kind of want to give you a hug.
0: <laughs> we watched Django the other day and we'll get to that on another episode. But Are we? I don't
1: know if I, I don't know if I have a lot to say about Django No, you don't have a lot to say about Django.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what I have to say about Django is that I had sure. a lot of fun. It was more fun to, for me than any other Tarantino movie and they're they're always okay, always fun, but I had so much fun with Django, but I was only allowing myself to have fun with it. Because I was recognizing all of the references and pastiche and callbacks and homages that were going on as hmm. the film made its way through its narrative. Hmm. And fucking playing a Jim Crochet song while they're riding on the highway in the Old West, which was hilarious and amazing to me.
1: I think I have, I mean, while I still respect and enjoy when, uh, when uh, period films use uh, modern music, I think I'm more or less over the idea that that's clever anymore. Hmm. I, I think you can totally do it, and I don't think it's bad. I don't go, oh, you're doing that again. I've just gotten past the point where I'm like,
0: whoa, what did you just do? It's in the Middle Ages, and you're playing We Will Rock You. What? <laughs> I mean, there are good examples, and there are bad examples. And it's well, not I, like I, I found Django I, to be shocking when it played crochet music. It's no, just I, don't, that I, I really I enjoyed
1: just, it. It just doesn't, doesn't make me go, hey, good job. I'm like, okay, you're... It's more like, okay, you can do this. This is okay. I will accept this. But you really have to justify it by it making a lot of sense. If you're just doing it because you're like, hey, look what we can do, then, then fuck right off. Yeah. Now, of course, Tarantino did a fine job with it. All of, all of the music was thematically appropriate. And it, you know, um, and I'm, it's Tarantino. So if you don't expect pastiche, pastiche from Tarantino, you have not been paying attention.
0: That's right. If you don't expect the music to be thematically appropriate but completely anachronistic, then you're, yes. not, you're not doing it right. Precisely.
1: And that's fine. And so I didn't have problems with it. I just didn't go like, and and I didn't recognize the music per se, because it's not um, the type of music that I listen to, which is, which sounds really snooty. It's not, I just, I listen to specific kinds of music and it's Mm -hmm. not. The Pixies. I don't just listen to the Pixies, although I'm wearing my Pixie shirt right now.
0: How many Pixie shirts do you have? One. And I'm wearing it right now.
1: I've only been to one Pixies concert.
0: I thought you had multiple Pixie shirts, like three of no. them. No, I just have the same one. Just the one with the monkey on it? Yeah. I feel like you should have had more. Well, I maybe should have had more, but I don't. I mean, I feel like <laughs> I've seen you with more that weren't necessarily touring t-shirts, but they didn't have the monkey on them, but I can't picture them right now either. That's because they don't exist. Ugh. It's did, cool, dude. Did I dream this? What the fuck is going on? Um, I guess you dreamed it. Listen... I got a question for you. Sure. Is this the real life? Or is this just fantasy? Oh, God. I'm caught on a landslide, man. I don't even see how this is thematically appropriate. <laughs> you, you don't see how this is thematically appropriate? We're just, what the fuck, I have a screensaver? <laughs> We're just talking about simulation, simulation and simulacra, and then I, I launch into the most <sighs> existentially confused... Oh, password protected my computer... you're gonna be okay i'm a mess man i'm not i'm not gonna lie to you (laughs) it's all right maybe kate maybe special k would be a a good idea with almonds yeah i think if i just did a bunch of almonds and ketamine (laughs) that i'd probably be okay right maybe i'm gonna talk about speed racer some more okay Uh, so okay,
1: here's here's what else I like. You know, let us uh, take a movie. I'm gonna let's take a movie like Layer Cake. Have you seen Layer Cake? I love with Daniel Layer Craig. Cake. Yes, I have. It's a good movie, and it's got Michael Gambon in it, which automatically makes it a great movie. But because right. he's amazing. Um, now here's the thing about Layer Cake. Layer Cake starts out with a very aggressive visual style
0: mm-hmm.
1: for about I'm gonna say maybe 10 to 15 minutes, and then it dials it way back. Okay. Um, Fight Club's kind of similar. It starts out real aggressive, and then dials it back, and then it brings it back up later.
0: I would say his Guy Ritchie movies go layer cake is the least visually stylistic. Well, that's because it wasn't made by
1: Guy Ritchie. It was made by um, Robert Vaughn or whatever. Isn't that a Guy Ritchie movie? No, it was produced by him.
0: I thought he wrote it and directed it.
1: <sighs> All right, I'm pulling the DVD down, and it is Matthew Vaughn, sorry. Huh. The guy who uh, who made that uh, X-Men movie. And some well,
0: others. that explains why I felt like it should be a Guy Ritchie movie, but ultimately wasn't.
1: Well, it was produced by him. It's uh, part of his guy, I think. I think he's got a producer credit on it. Um, It could be
0: entirely incorrect. When you search it up on the internet and you spell it with a four, it doesn't come up. Yeah.
1: I don't think Guy Ritchie had anything to do with this movie, oddly enough. Holy fuck.
0: How shocking. I had no idea.
1: Literally nothing to do with it.
0: I thought that he was all up in it shit. It does. Well, I mean, it's Guy Ritchie-esque. It very much is. Anyway, carry on. Back to my original point.
1: So, Layer Cake does some very interesting visual stuff at the beginning, and then more or less um, stops being quite so aggressive. Speed Racer consistently uses the same uses the same aggressive visual style throughout more or less the whole film, except for you know quiet talking scenes, and even then it still looks of a piece. But it never um, never sits back. And the thing is, it's not all. It's also not just content to be like we're going to be bright and colorful the whole movie it keeps pushing things it keeps trying to do different things the entire time they're they're working at it they're not they're not sitting back it's lot a lot of work put into it i'm thinking of um the the one of the early parts were in the they were in the rally race i think either uh or no, when, they're, when the second part of the rally race, it's, um, they're having a conversation while they're driving, which makes no sense because they couldn't possibly hear each other, but that's okay. I guess they have radios. Uh, and it keeps basically like smash zooming back and forth between their cars while they're driving extremely fast, and it looks great, and it works really well. And mm-hmm. I just really enjoy that about it. And the other thing I like is that it's got a, obviously a very aggressive, very bright visual style, and they could have done that in the interiors in a way that looks really gross. Like like uh, if you ever see the um, – they built the Simpsons house in real life and they colored it the same way. It looks horrifying.
0: Yeah, no, I haven't seen that. But I imagine it looks something like the set of Cat in the Hat.
1: Yeah, something like that. I mean, oh. it just – sellers have no business being in the real world in that context. It just does not work. Yeah. So if they had done the interior sets like that, they're like, let's paint them up all right. It would have been ridiculous. So what they do is if you notice the racer house – all they did is they decorated the inside of it so it looks like a house in the 70s, which did use those colors and weird patterns. But contextually, I'm like, oh, this is something I've seen. I see what's going on here. These colors match up, but in a way that I can go, oh, yes, we've actually done that. That's things human beings have actually done. It's not It's not like you tried to paint something to look like a cartoon. You just found something in the real world that's very cartoonish.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, it makes those scenes grounded in a kind of reality so that you're you you don't you're not staring at the set design the whole time. You're able to concentrate on whatever's going on, but it still feels like it integrates with the whole, mm. with the rest of this ridiculously bright and zippy world.
0: It's very well thought out is what I'm trying to I'd say. I'd like that. to contrast it or compare it or put it in the same category for me as The Hobbit. Now, I hate The Hobbit a lot more than uh, the- I hated this movie. I would have walked out of The Hobbit if I hadn't been there with two guys and they didn't want to leave. But it was, oh, God, it was awful. The thing is, because of the high frame rate, it looks like you're looking into a, through a gigantic window where all of the shit is happening. It looks like a video. It's awful. I hate it. Fuck. But the uh, the the problem I have is they've done all this stuff in speed racer with the with the special effects and making it look the way it is and making it look cheap and using all of the new technology to make it look like an homage to the 60s animation just like they're using all the new technology and the hobbit to make it look as completely realistic as possible and that's what makes it feel the fakest to me is that they're working hard at making it have that aesthetic it just that's looks looked- terrible that's fair, but I feel like it's
1: not I, – I, I never – I don't watch Speed Racer going, man, that looks so so realistic. I, I go, man, that looks completely unrealistic, but in a way I'm completely behind.
0: I would love it to look completely unrealistic, but for me it looks like it's poorly constructed rather than unrealistic.
1: If they put like disgusting CGI heads on people, would that make you feel better? Uh,
0: no. Okay, just checking. You, oh, 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 that, that was another Tintin, Tintin, Tintin stuff. jab? Look, yeah. I really like Tintin, okay? Uh looks so bad
1: i can't get over it i guess i feel about tintin the way you feel about speed racer okay that's fair what I, I was kind of hoping to do was shame you with 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 tintin into admitting that speed racer looked good but it didn't work out that way
0: i think that a lot of parts of speed racer looked amazing and by the end of it i was saying go speed racer go there you go i became invested in the characters that last race is amazing it is it is but i had a lot of things to overcome to get there
1: no that's fair let me ask you a question um Based on – now, it's got an extraordinarily busy visual style. Let's say very bright, very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, the races happen very fast, and they're not, um, they're not just you know they're, – they're, they're fight races, basically. They're not – they're barely racing, quote-unquote, at all. Yeah. Do you have any trouble following the action? No. It was completely comprehensible despite how busy the screen is, despite all the stuff going on. You never feel like you're lost, and you don't know what's going on.
0: That's true. And that that isn't, is something. I'd that say that's amazing. It is. It is. That's a tremendous achievement. Is to have that, that much shit going on, mm-hmm. especially with live action actors and so much fake shit around them, mm-hmm. and and it to not be confusing to the eye completely, and not sacrifice the sense of speed. Not they don't. They they very rarely like
1: slow things down Matrix style um or not so much that i go oh they did that again they they really keep the kinetic energy of the scenes dialed way up it's amazing
0: I, i'll compare it to eating like a lobster bisque <laughs> okay like, i like lobster bisque kinda okay i like i love lobster and soup is pretty good in theory. And When you put them together, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, I see what you're going for here. It's it's a lobster soup, and I eat the lobster soup, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. And then you get about halfway through the soup, and in one of your spoonfuls, they haven't like cleaned out the non-meat part of the lobster enough, and you get the one shell? of those. Well, it's not shell because shell yeah. is that opaque, hard, crispy stuff. It's that gross cartilaginous, translucent tissue? Keep, keep in mind that I can't eat
1: lobster, so I, I don't have a total frame of reference for this. Oh, okay. Can you eat any shellfish? Well, I mean, I have eaten lobster. it just been a really long time.
0: Oh, okay. Well, anyway, it's like, uh, it's like eating a shrimp curry and then one of the shrimp hasn't been shelled properly. Gotcha. And so, you know, generally and on the whole, the dish tastes good. It's good from start to finish. It's just that this one chunk in the middle kind of sours up the whole thing. And for me, it was that scene at the purple guy's industries. Yeah. I,
1: I know. I, I will say that that is, uh, that is the fakiest looking part. Mm-hmm. That is the part where they push that whole, we're a going to try to be very comical about how we're using this um, technology and B we're going to make it look very, very unrealistic. That is, that is, that is the breaking point of that, that thing. I guess you can either, it's, I, I will say that's probably my least favorite sequence in the film that when they get to that part i'm like okay let's just let's get just through this this couple of minutes it'll be okay but it's not as good as the rest
0: what i would ra- with you there what i'd rather they did is is animate the whole thing in squiggle vision and and just have the i don't know the whole cast cease to be live action for that part
1: and I think uh, I, I think they were really trying to say, okay, this is as far as being kind of goofy, cartoony, in that certain very fakey way. This is this is as far as as, as we want to push it, and it does it does go it does it does veer in a certain direction. I, it doesn't ruin the film for me. It's not a sequence that I hate, but I don't like
0: it as much as the rest. It's definitely what made me walk out. I was like. It's, it's the silliest. It's for for sure the silliest thing they do. I had a problem with the dialogue leading up to there, and sure. then I got in there and I was like, "Come on, you can't fucking." and i thought the rest of the movie was going to be like that so i just gave up no that's and that's fair and that's uh,
1: i can i can see that i mean to a certain extent uh if you can make it past pancakes are love you're probably going to be able to tolerate the rest of the dialogue in the film but that's <laughs> that's the point at which i went oh okay i got to think of the okay i got to i got to go to the opera metaphor for this this is obviously i see what you're doing here i see you're you you're painting with a big brush and i i have to either get on board or I'm, the, the next 2 hours will be intolerable mhm so I got on board, but I, I can so, totally see that as a make or break point as well as, as this sequence. Um the other thing I really like is that the movie is very kinetic. It has its quiet moments, but the last the last race is, is 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 big, it's huge, it's super kinetic for I don't know, like ten, maybe fifteen minutes. It's a an extended sequence like that, um except for when he stalls out. Uh and he you know, by the end, it's if if you if you you know you have a soul, you're you're rooting for Speed Racer. You're like, go Speed Racer, go as you say, and he does it. And he he slides into the end, and the movie just sort of stops for a second. It just pauses. You see the car; it's dripping oil. Like he's he's basically pushed the car as far as it will go. It is that car's done. Mm-hmm. He's like he's 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 at the peak of his performance, if you will, and he just gets like this fifteen twenty seconds where he's just sitting there. Sort of breathing and, he, and, and, and contemplating that he's done this thing before before everything sweeps back in. And that, that stillness, just, I love that. Huh. I, I just, I think it culminates the film really well. And then you have, you know, your coda and everything. But him just sitting there, knowing what he's accomplished and just taking that, that little bit of time, instead of like jumping out of the car and being, wee, I did it. He's like, Okay. This is me. This is all me. This is my accomplishment. At this point, I'm just going to take it in for a second. Well, in the background, all these flashbulbs are going off, but it's just him. It's this very compressed moment after everything's been very big and kinetic, and I really like that. I really like the tone of that, just that little chunk.
0: Uh, I'm going to watch that scene again because I didn't pay any attention to that at all. Um, I don't
1: know that I've noticed it on previous. This is like the third time I've seen it. I'm not sure if I picked it up, but it's like, um, I don't know. It's like that uh, to go to a sexual place. It's, 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 it's like the, the, that just that moment post orgasm where you just, you know, where you're done orgasming, but you just got that, like that, that, that little moment of, of clear headedness where, you know, depending on how your life is going, you're like, all right, yeah, everything's okay. You're like, Oh God, what am I doing? I'm going to (laughs) cry. Yeah. Um, You know what I'm talking about.
0: I know that place. That that place where
1: you for just a second you can't hide from yourself, I've, and that may or may not be a good thing. I've I've been there,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I've I've definitely done that one before, and that's uh, that's
1: what I get from that scene. And I really that that just and it's like maybe twenty thirty seconds, but I I really like that they did
0: that because it would be really easy not to. Going back to a sexual place. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned earlier that Speed and Trixie are definitely boning all the way through this movie.
1: No, not all the way through. I'm just like there's no way that they aren't in a sexual relationship.
0: How old is Speed Racer?
1: Speed's like I don't know, like probably twenty. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I think he's about twenty.
0: So they drive out to make out point and they're about to make out and then Spritel's in the trunk with this stupid monkey. And there was another thing I had a problem with. Was the monkey, and I realized the monkey's probably part of the source material. But the
1: monkey, and and, and let me tell you, Spritel and the monkey being in the uh, uh, hiding, stowing away in the in the the Mach Five is also part of the source material. Like constantly,
0: I imagine. So, um, fuck, where was I? Oh, I'll come so you back. Enjoy to the that. monkey montage for the end credits. Then, actually, that was kind of fun. There you go. Um, Drive out to make out when do okay. People in a sexual relationship don't drive out to make out point just to make out. They drive out to bone in the car. There's only two seats in there.
1: Well, Trixie's really, really
0: flexible. She's just limber as shit. Is that what you're telling me? She's just gonna. You know what? Those seats recline. She's no, they just, don't. There's no fucking room for them to recline. Maybe they don't need. I look
1: here's the. There's no. There's no room that you can see. But as I think you've maybe noticed, these cars um, are a little special. There's probably, like, a like a button on there that just, like, slides part of it back.
0: Oh, it slides it into the trunk where it crushes Spritle and his monkey? Well, that's why it's super dangerous for you to do that. <laughs> my favorite I mean, part... Go ahead. My favorite part of the entire movie, going back to a non-sexual place, is when Spritle and the monkey are watching cartoons. Oh, yes. And Spritle is wearing Paul Frank pajamas with monkey faces all over them, and the monkey is wearing human faces all over his pajamas. Oh, I did not notice that. It's... Uh, hilarious what it's, I did like was that the the anime the
1: like the, the idea that in this world that's supposed to look like anime actual anime looks really crappy yeah by comparison I'm like that's really that's pretty clever
0: yeah there, there were some sneaky bits that they did in there that I that I caught on to and I thought it was pretty funny um, um, and that's that's my favorite thing Those are the extra points, the Easter eggs in a movie, the things that a filmmaker does to wink at you that you have to catch on to that I like the most. And there were a few of those, which was entertaining to me. I also appreciate that (sighs)
1: Speed Racer as a human being um, and his family by extension, like they're they're not part of this whole corporate machine like that's that's made very evident but he's also he he and his his support group are also so such pure good people that that what speed racer is looking forward to what his what his uh, mechanic is looking forward to is is when they when they're not like man when we win i'm gonna get so much tail or anything like that he's like man i'm looking forward to that bottle of cold milk i'm like is there anything more like ridiculously good and 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 wholesome than than a bottle of cold milk because I can't think of it.
0: I know it's it's they don't even spray a bottle of champagne all over like actual racers do. They have a bottle of cold milk, and they're and they and he's not even like
1: man. I wish it was something else. He's like man, I'm looking forward to that milk. That's going to be the best thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Oh, I also could have done without
1: the uh, the, the cootie warm, warning uh, interruption right at the end there. I'm like, okay, that's
0: just... Please don't
1: do that anymore.
0: That bug Yeah. Yeah, Spritle was the most strident character. Wait, what? They they overplayed their hand just a touch on that. Yeah, they did. Spr- Spritle was definitely the most strident character, and he should have been used more sparingly than he was.
1: But he did definitely look like he could be John Goodman's offspring. That's true. That kid is a ham. Oh, such a ham! I, I was surprised that he's not the the three and a half, two and a half men kid. But apparently, he's some different kid. I never watched two
0: and a half men. Though. I don't know. Maybe he's old enough now to replace that two and a half men kid that <laughs> left. That, did he leave, or did he just say some really rude things and come back? No, he I, left. They killed him off, or they didn't kill him off. What he? Well, that's Charlie Sheen. They killed off. Yeah, they killed off Charlie Sheen. But then he joined this Christian fundamentalist cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he released a web video with his pastor saying that people shouldn't watch Two and a Half Men because it's filth. And then Chuck Lorre and everybody else wrote him out of the show by sending him off to military school.
1: Oh, I thought he apologized and they just let five speak. Because- is They're not going to have anybody left on that show. I is know. Just John Pryor sitting in a room by himself sobbing.
0: It would be I- hilarious. I would watch that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> periodically, periodically stopping drinking a lot and ranting about fucking molly ringwald changing the ending of pretty in pink
0: and he should have he should have gotten the girl it should have been ducky (laughs) that's true story that's what happened i would like to say because john cryer no matter what happens to him he's just a really happy guy i've seen him appear on a lot of other shows and he's just like he's like yeah well uh the people on the show are just you know fucking nuts so i'm gonna keep doing my thing because they're not gonna fire me and (laughs) uh He's just really level-headed and well-adjusted about the whole deal, but I would love him to—I would love to see him play an Alan Harper that just goes completely down the fucking tubes.
1: I've literally never watched an episode of that
0: show. I used to watch a lot of it before Charlie Sheen left because it was just ubiquitous, and I had a half an hour to spare. Mm. But I started actively hating it, and then wondering about my relationship with Chuck Lorre, and then <laughs> Big Bang came out, and of I was like, people feel like that, yeah. I enjoy Big Bang. Big Bang's all right. The best thing. I mean, you no, know,
1: it's 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 kind of like nerd blackface, but it's all right.
0: It is, but the, my favorite thing about any Chuck Lorre production is the vanity card at the end because that's where all the funniest nuggets are. It's true. I stopped reading those though. I was like, uh, Chuck Lorre, I don't know how I feel
1: about you, and I don't know if I if I feel like um, like absorbing your wisdom.
0: Well, you don't have to absorb the wisdom. You... Uh, I'd read a John Roderick card. That would be excellent. That would, in fact, John Roderick should just
1: do a card for the end of every show. Yeah, we we'd, we would learn so much. It would be helpful,
0: John, if you're he's, listening, and I know you're not. He's no, he's not. <laughs> uh, just you know, write a card and and I don't know how you would distribute it, but maybe, well, maybe no, go go down go down to
1: the uh, go down to the TV studio and just. Talk to them calmly and evenly, explain to them that this is something they have to do.
0: Right. Like in, uh, you don't need to your, he doesn't need to raise his voice. I, I think it was the 1950s or something like that. There was legislation in the United States and the UK that granted um, all of the channels one hour of commercial free time where they had to do the news. And they weren't allowed to sell advertising space because it was just supposed to inform the public. Well, that, that stopped happening. Yeah, it did. But what I'm saying is he should should make a similar injunction and just say, look, you as a a station have to give me 30 seconds of your broadcast so that you can air this card and everyone should read it and it'll just come up periodically throughout the day. And he
1: just, uh, you know, holds them on his lap until they agree. That's right. That makes sense. (laughs) i have I've got like five five episodes of Roderick on the line that I haven't listened to yet. I'm almost there. no oh. it's, it's been a hell of a it's been a hell of a half year. I've learned so much
0: yeah, yeah, this,
1: maybe it's more like four months, but yeah. anyway, it'll change your life I, My life is so changed.
0: I'm concerned about the amount that we talk about and allude to them <laughs> on this podcast because I don't want it to seem like we're in any way shape or form ripping them off or that this is any kind of like I don't know scary meta fan cast. No, no, but I, they're they're people
1: that we respect. They are. I mean, you know, it's it's it's. We only re- re- reference them a little bit, Best and reference. want them to take us for ice cream. Oh, actually, or we will take them for ice cream.
0: That's true. Standing I will put that bill. Invitation, Merlin or John, if you're ever in the Edmonton area, Adam and I will take you for ice cream, or like frozen yogurt, or like whatever. Yeah, froyo. We, it, Tutti Frutti, you
1: get to put your own toppings on. It's pretty What the cool. fuck is a Tutti Frutti? You've never been to Tutti Frutti? It's cool. It's like a frozen yogurt bar. They have all these different kinds of frozen yogurt, and you, you put them in, you put it in your cup yourself, and they have this topping bar that has amazing toppings like Captain Crunch and, and stuff. And then and they weigh it and tell you how much it, you owe them for it.
0: Oh, it's great. I, I went to a place like that in Los Angeles, but yeah. it was like, what's the name of that frog? Kermit? No, the other one. I know Kermit. <laughs> There's only... What other frog? The Hello Kitty frog. Oh, Caropee. Yeah, that guy. It was Caropee themed. Oh. I can't cool. remember what it was called. Caropees? No. Okay. That fucking frog was everywhere, man. I was like... I, you know, frogs are not really what I want to be thinking about when I'm getting ice cream. Or fro-yo. What do you want to be thinking about? I don't know. I mean... <laughs> Kara is really cute, but frogs are like slimy and gross, and Froyo is supposed to be, I mean, Froyo is slimier and grosser than ice cream. The, the, the reason mm. it's acceptable is because it kind of tastes pretty much exactly like ice cream, except that it's slimy and grosser, and that it's better for you.
1: It's not really better for you. That's a, that's that's a lie they tell people to get them to eat frozen yogurt.
0: It's got the probiotics in it, right? It looks like know. Jamie Lee Curtis poop, right? What, Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah. Oh. She's in that Activia commercial.
1: I again because I don't have television. I don't have to see commercials very often.
0: Oh yeah. So see, I miss out
1: on things. You're and missing this is,
0: out- this is why I don't have to watch Two and a Half Men. You're missing out on a gigantic and torturous. But beneficial component of of the pop
1: culture sphere. I like to think that makes me interesting and different.
0: Uh, yeah, it does. But like a
1: guy who got like a guy whose parents locked him in, in his room until he was twenty and has no no cultural referent for a lot of stuff.
0: They tie you to a wall and stick a funnel in your mouth and force feed you nothing but sauerkraut until you're twenty six and a half years old. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. Have you heard that song? Yeah. Oh no, no no no. And and the moral of the, really all I'm trying to say is I say I hate sour. <laughs> yeah. I know all of the words. That's awesome. I saw Weird Al perform that song live. It oh was his closing God. closing number when I saw him at uh, Capital X like four years ago.
0: I was obsessed with it when I got the album in '99, and then I didn't listen to it for like ten years, and I just started it's... listening to it again like last month, and it's so good. Oh, Running with Scissors by Weird Al. If you're listening. Is it on Running with Scissors? I thought. Yeah, I guess it. It's not on Pool Hat, is it? No, it's the last track on Running with Scissors. Are you um, sh- yeah, I'm totally sure because it's the only one I have. I'm gonna look that up. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, pray continue. I
1: will be internetting.
0: Uh, what I didn't realize was that it wasn't like it is an original song, but it's in the style of a band called What hit the wrong button on my computer and then a thing popped up we can cut all this out it'll be like the 16 minutes from last time we cut out 16 oh yeah i guess we had to yeah what did we do i had to go to the washroom
1: yeah and i we were then we had we were doing a, a
0: scene. albuquerque oh yeah we did a scene yeah oh we should do more of those that should be a feature
1: <laughs> you you want to just um get, get into arguments with people on twitter and then we'll read them off yeah i tried to you're do it. you're right what? it is running with scissors i'm i'm terribly sorry i there's there there's sort of this middle chunk of of, of weird Al's um, catalog that i'm less familiar with
0: the rugburns is is the name of the band that it's in the style of it. so i'm going to have to get obsessed with them now because if mm. they write songs like that then it's definitely awesome um, everything
1: between off the deep end and, uh, straight out of Linwood, I'm a little, I'm a little hazy on, uh, uh for, for, it, it sort of like marks the, uh, the end of my, um, teenage uh, obsession with Weird Al where I was sort of like, I, I, I think I'm too old to listen to Weird Al and then my realization, um, some 10 years later that no, I'm not too old to w- listen to Weird Al. Let's Get back out there
0: and buy some Weird Al albums. Nobody is too old to listen to Weird Al. And that's like between 16 and 20, I thought I was too old to listen to Weird Al too. I think I didn't think I was too old to listen to him so much as I was too old to buy new albums by him. Uh, I
1: think it partly had to do with um, as I get older and listen to less new music, um, a lot of his parodies are like, oh, this is a funny parody. Uh, I don't really know what song you're parodying, though.
0: I'll never forget... The very first thing she said to me, she said, Hey, you got weasels on your face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway. Oh, make me laugh like an emphysemic. And I pulled out my phone to look something up on it. And now I don't know what it is. Oh, Twitter. Right. I, I tried to get in a Twitter you didn't battle. pick a fight with some guy? I tried to. I got followed by this person. Uh... Named uh, Shinobi Ninja, but they spelt the A in Ninja with a Delta. Oh man! Yeah, they followed me, so I followed them right back. Now I'm going to read to you their Twitter biography. Mm. It's not going to make sense. <laughs> Wait, how many people do they follow? Are they one of those people who just follows a lot of people to get followers? Because I hate that. Well, here's the thing: is that they've got a fuckload of tweets, a fuckload of followers, and a fuckload of people following them. Huh. 124. I think you might be picking a fight with a bot, dude. 124.5 thousand. I'm not, and I have proof, mm-hmm. and I'll come to that in a minute. 124.5 thousand followers, hmm. 123.2 thousand following, and 40.6 thousand tweets. Well, he's not reading all of those. Right. Or, no, he he's written them
1: since, since No, but I'm saying he's not he's not reading all his followers. That's that's not even humanly possible. Of course not.
0: But I added him and he added me back. So, yeah, did you mean he added you and you added him back? No, at atted at Oh ated, he ated. tweeted okay. at I don't know how to fucking transitive verb this shit, man. He, I sent him a thing and he thinged me back. He tweeted you. I think you he, tweeted might, him, he tweeted you back. He might be a band. I'm looking at the picture now and it's some people in grunge-wear jumping. <laughs> that could be anything. Well, no, it, it... That could be the end of a, of a 90s teen comedy. No, there's a bass in there. And there's a trumpet in the background. All right. And there's some torn jeans. It does look like it was taken in 93, though. Okay, yeah. here's here's their uh, their uh, uh, a Twitter bio. Okay. All capitals. Ill-ish. Bit.ly slash... L-K-V-U-B-X, space. Rock Hood, bit.ly slash J-L-W-R-L-D, space. Follow the band. At Adara Baby G, at Doobie Duke Sims, at DJ Access Powers, at Dave SN, at Kid Shreddy, at Alien Lex. Contact Shinobi Ninja at gmail.com, www.shinobininja.com hmm what the fuck is ill ish rock hood follow the band well i think
1: he's saying they're ill but not they're just illish they're not super ill uh and you they want to rock their neighborhood and they want you to follow their band which i think is all those different ats there
0: those are the different people in the band and the band yeah one, one of the people is why, why are you so confused by this one of the people is DJ Ax. Well, uh, thank you for helping me decipher it. One of the, the people is DJ Axe's powers. I think they might be a rap metal band, Adam.
1: Well, I don't know. I'm just... Maybe maybe that's just somebody... Maybe he works with them. I don't know.
0: Okay, so here's what I said to Shinobi Ninja Delta. Uh, yes. I was waiting for... What movie was it?
1: <laughs> could be. Could be any movie. You go, you, you go to a lot of movies. Was it The Hobbit? No. Was it Anna Karenina?
0: No, that was the other Twitter fight I got into. <sighs> see, the last I've been going to movies with people lately, which is fucking weird. I went to see The Hobbit with my brother and my cousin. I went to see Django with you. I went to see Jack Reacher with my dad. We
1: almost went to see it with two other people, but the Snuffleupagus pro- protocol was involved, and it did not happen.
0: What? You're going to have to explain to me what a Snuffleupagus protocol is in a minute you, here.
1: Okay. Well, we'll put a pin in that.
0: Okay. So I say, yeah, write that on a card. I say I say to Shinobi Ninja, <laughs> at Shinobi Ninja, all capitals, what are you? <sighs> to which Shinobi Ninja replies, at Jettison Payload. It doesn't... Now, this grammar is impeccable. And I'm not being sarcastic. It is. There's apostrophes, and it's perfect. It is. And it's not what I expected at all. It doesn't matter who we are. Duh. Britney Spears follows us.
1: Well, I don't really agree with his logic. And
0: there's a picture attached. As if to prove his allegation.
1: Is it a picture of Britney
0: Spears? Like, following them? It's a screen cap of their phone viewing Britney Spears' Twitter page. But there's no indication that she does, in fact, follow them. I know why you gotta do this to yourself. And then, uh, Miss Big Steak... (laughs) Really at Jesus Christ, uh, who follows at, at Shinobi what? at Jesus Christ, S H E Z U S, capital C Christ, uh, at Shinobi Ninja, LOL at Dub Britney Spears follows us, so she thought that was pretty clever. Now that was four days. Maybe ago. she was laughing at them, not with them. I'm I'm getting the sense that that's uh, that's definitely possible, but I I don't know. it the, what what. What bothers me the most is that they gave me the fucking Heisman. They gave me this picture of Britney Spears' page, and they said that she follows them, and it doesn't matter who they are, and leave them alone. And they didn't engage with me at all, and that's not that's not the way that it's supposed to work. I'm supposed to They're get... are supposed
1: a- to either ignore you or get into a fight with you. Exactly. Or don't, be your friend.
0: Don't waste my time with a response. Either let me fuck with you like I want to, or ignore me so I can move on. Don't lead me on with a response, you tease. Twitter sluts. (sighs) I'm not a misogynist. Actual sluts are okay.
1: Are you slut shaming?
0: I'm not slut shaming. Oh god. Oh god.
1: (sighs) This actually this actually okay, so I uh speaking of speaking of horrible people on Twitter, um and I I handled this in in the non-peat way. Uh which is that I, I made a post um a while ago, a few weeks ago. Um About how much Sentai I'd watched in 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 the space of a year, which was a lot, like 250 episodes. How much hentai you would watch? Sentai. What is Sentai? It's the Tower Rangers thing that you always forget the name for. Oh, okay. There we go. Hentai. Hentai is something I do not watch because I, while chocolate and peanut butter are fine together, I do not like cartoons and porn at the same time. (laughs) It's scary. It's just it's two things that I like. I just don't like them simultaneously. I don't like tentacles. It's not all tentacles, but it's—anyway, it's—I um, would probably actually be okay with hentai if it was made by a culture that um, had better attitudes towards sexuality, but that's literally like three other podcasts. If we want to talk about Japanese sexuality, that's going to take a really long time,
0: and I don't want to do it. Yeah, I don't want to do that either. I, I feel so like anyway. we would step on a lot of really small toes. Right.
1: <laughs> anyway— so so, I made this post. I'm like, yeah, look, I'm wasting my life basically. Uh, and some guy added back at me. He's like, yeah, I watched all this Sentai too. And I'm like, oh, well, you seem nice. You're watching Sentai. You misspelled some stuff, but that's okay. So I'm like, let me check you out. And I look at I look at his posts and like I look like like, like he looks like he just like looks for for the word, keyword Sentai on on Twitter and tweets to people about it. Which you know, fine. You got to do something with your day. <laughs> and several posts down, he's like, he's like, "Oh man, I'm so disappointed." There, this fake geek girl started working at my video store, and I'm like, "And you're the worst person in the world." Thank you. Goodbye.
0: What? If you fake- don't, you, you don't know about the fake geek girl thing? Did we talk about this already? I think we did. A fake geek <sighs> girl is someone who. Well, it's a pretty
1: girl who's a geek, and the geeks basically refuse to accept that pretty girls could possibly be geeks. So they must be like a sleeper cell, trying to infiltrate um, the nerddom and take them down from within or steal their precious bodily fluids. Uh, and so, when when a, when a pretty girl claims to be a geek, all the, the the geeky nerdy guys like gang up on them. They're like, "Oh yeah, prove it!" You know, blah 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 blah, and ask them all sorts of stupid, detailed questions about things and try to shame them um, because they're you know. I guess, even though they really want girls to like them and be pretty, they are also totally scared of them. People are the worst. They are the worst. And I saw this. I uh, somebody on my Twitter feed retweeted this a couple days ago, and I thought it it got very nicely to the point. They were like, "Now, it's only pretty girls, uh, quote unquote, pretty attractive girls, who get um, you know, who have this problem where people um, question whether they're really geeks because, of course, geeks don't consider um, fat." theoretically unattractive girls to be female at all. And I'm like, that is so true and so sad that I just, I think I need a minute.
0: But they still date the female geeks that are theoretically unattractive, and then you're stuck with, like, a serious body odor problem in yourself because you're a male geek, and you have, like, all kinds of weird, like, long hair and, and uh, ambiguous attitude towards your dental hygiene. And then you start dating this girl with knee and it's just an endless cycle of... Poor hygiene. And what if you reproduce, man? That would be the greasiest human on the planet. That's... Wow.
1: I, I don't know what to say to you right now.
0: On behalf of my people, I'm very angry. I don't, guess. Don't, don't be angry. What the hell, man? That's what? Not... Your hygiene is fine.
1: I, I'm aware that my hygiene is fine. I don't... I think there are a lot of fundamental misunderstandings in what you just said, but I think we should move on.
0: Listen, I'm, no, I don't want i don't want to be misunderstood. Oh, Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. I'm not saying that all geeks have bad hygiene, but you can't deny that a recurring theme in geekery is questionable hygiene. Uh, I can't deny that, say. but that's true. Yeah, but that's true. Of, okay, that's also true of construction workers. No, okay, yes, ab- absolutely. It is also true of construction workers. It is not a trait that is solely found in. That's all I'm trying to say. A high concentration all, of geeks. You're 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 using. You're, it's an outlier. Okay, so it would stand to reason that the geeks with the worst hygiene may also be the worst geeks in terms of attitude behavior. My theory
1: is that those 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 guys and possible ladies um, probably uh, aren't hooking up with anybody.
0: They hook up with each other, same. man. No, they I don't do. Know. Are they you meet sure? Each other on the Wow, and then mm-hmm. they come up from Seattle and have <laughs> Christmas dinner with us. I'm not talking about. No, listen. I'm not talking about like my brothers. <laughs> no, no, no. But you're you're speaking from experience here. Yeah, I am. All I'm right, talking right. about a family friend of my aunt, willing to accept this now. And and <laughs> okay she's from the internet man well lots,
1: lots of people are from the internet and some of them are nice and some of them are not exactly but anyways the snuffle up this protocol yeah okay yeah hit me with that You're familiar with the concept of Sesame Street? How far back do I have to go with this?
0: No, I know what Sesame Street and a Snuffleupagus
1: are. Okay. So are you from the generation that grew up with Snuffleupagus, like, being just around and everybody knew about him? are you from the generation where where he was Big Bird's friend and nobody believed he existed because he always wandered off before anybody else showed up? What the fuck? That's a thing? Okay. So you're not from my generation. So anyway, when I was a kid growing up, Mr. Snuffleupagus was Big Bird's friend. Okay. Big, big mammoth, basically, with no tusks, uh, big hairy elephant guy for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, And he was Big Bird's friend, and Big Bird would always be to his other friends, like, hey, my friend Mr. Mr. Snuffleupagus is going to be here. You guys should stick around and and meet him. They're like, oh, yeah, your imaginary friend. He's like, he's not imaginary. Just stick around and meet him. And everybody would all be like, well, we have to do something. We'll be back in like 10 minutes. And he'd be like, okay, well, he'll be here in 10 minutes. Come back. I'm paraphrasing a lot, obviously. Uh Uh-huh. Snuffy would show up, and he'd be like, hey, Big Bird, and he'd be like, hey, Snuffy, and then they'd talk or whatever, and then Snuffy'd be like, ah, man, I got to go to the dentist or something, or something would happen, and he'd have to take off, and everyone would come back and be like, where's your friend, and he'd he's just here, and they'd be like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, sure, he was Big Bird, sure. And basically, nobody, nobody believed he existed, and he would like be in like
0: races and drinking an orange juice and stuff, and nobody would ever see it. Now, who's a Snuffleupagus in this situation? Because we went to go see oh. Django. Uh, you told us to meet there at 6.20. The movie's at 6.50. I met you there at 6.20. I got in line to purchase my ticket. When I turned around, you were gone. It was like a, uh, that Mercury Rising movie. Here's the thing is I was in line behind you. Like, like I could see the back
1: of your head, and I tried to point you out. Oh, okay. And so- I didn't think the line was going to take so long because you'd already
0: gotten so far in it. I know, it took for fucking ever. Anyway, and then, so, <laughs> so, so I couldn't you from, find you, so yeah, I went sir. into the auditorium, and I stood near the seats that I was trying to save for us, and then I phoned you, and there was no answer. I phoned you, and there's no so, answer. And I, I, then... I feel the vibration, because there was a lot of stuff going on. Now, are you assuming that your two friends that didn't make it into the movie with us, because that's the end result, listeners, is that they didn't make it into the movie with us, because it was sold out, and they got there a little bit later.
1: Well, because there's two of them, they're like my friends who've never met you, who don't believe you exist. They don't. So I'm the snuffleupagus here. Yeah. Because basically I'm like, yeah, my friend Pete was just here. He got in line. Look, there's the back of his head. And they're like, we see a lot of backs of heads. Okay. And then you go off, you go into the theater and we come out of the the thing and just here it's sold out. And so I like... Or no, I, I see you, and I leave them in line, and I run after you, and I'm like, okay, you know we're, we're, we're getting our tickets, but they're a little concerned because of the sellout. What are we going to do? And you're like, I'm going to go. I thought you were going to the concession line for whatever reason because I don't pay good attention.
0: I ran. You, I don't run to concession lines. I run for seats. So you ran to go to the theater, and I
1: turn around, and, you're, I, and I go get them, and I'm like, let's all talk. And I'm like, I don't know where you went, so I call you. So I'm talking to you on the phone. And then they're like, we'll go back in line. And I'm like, okay, I will go into the theater with Pete. And so n- neither neither my friends Ian and Corey nor you actually physically managed to, like, set eyes on each other and, and acknowledge each other. And it's possible that they think that you're not real.
0: It's true. The only proof I have that they so, exist is that you spoke to them while you were on the phone with me. And you could have just been, you know, murmuring to anyone.
1: Exactly what they said about me being, quote, unquote, on the phone with you.
0: I have a friend named Stu. <laughs> awesome I also have a friend named Johnny and his sister Molly they're they're both my friends. And so when I'm hanging out with Johnny and Molly and I talk about things that I did with Stu when we were hanging out drinking on the avenue or whatever they don't believe that he's real. Now I'm not sure how this got started. It's just that they've met most of my other friends and they've never met Stu. <laughs> But on numerous occasions, they have demanded that I telephone him and put the phone on speakerphone so that they can talk to Stu. And he kind of sounds like my brother, and so they don't believe that it's him. They think, I've just called my brother, and he's pretending to be Stu. And they don't think that Stu exists. Stu is a snuffleupagus.
1: Yeah. I had uh, my friend Brian, who I have known since high school— uh, when we were in university together, he used to uh, hang out with me on, like, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday because that's when our classes let out at the same time. Because, uh-huh. you, you know, you've gone to the U of A. You know that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday you have a set of classes, and Tuesday and Thursday you have a different set of classes. Right. Everything so it's like a, on a
0: half hour on Tuesday, Thursday.
1: Yeah, and they're your hour and a half long, long classes instead of half hour classes that's or right. whatever. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I would see him, and we would hang out after after school or whatever because it was convenient. Uh and he had another friend of his who he'd also known for a long time, who I had never met before, but who was friends with, with some of our mutual friends, who he would see on Tuesday and Thursday. And he basically had decided that we could not coexist simultaneously. Uh, <laughs> and also also um, tried to foment in both of us um, the, the open question as to whether the other actually existed at all. And eventually we met and he was very concerned that you know the universe would possibly cease to exist.
0: One time I went to the Atlantic coast on a family vacation when I was a kid and I got a jar of Atlantic Ocean. (laughs) That's hard to prove. And on a following journey westward, uh, we went to Victoria Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and I dumped that jar of Atlantic Ocean into the Pacific because (laughs) I was convinced... (laughs) that it would bring about some kind of apocalyptic change in the world that would force people to be nice to one another. And I feel can, like Can you can you
1: run me through the uh the like I get I get, I get step 1 and step 3. Uh, can you can you explain the step 2 to me? Uh I felt like
0: No, what was did. the thought process there? Uh, well, first of all, I didn't know a whole lot about the Panama Canal.
1: <laughs> I'm just I I I'm just not entirely you figured mixing the world's oceans would 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 just you know de facto have to have a good
0: effect on everybody uh, no a catastrophic effect that that would force people to oh. be better but I, I because feel like, they had
1: no choice but i to feel be like better.
0: that's the exactly the kind of event that he was he was terrified of, of precipitating in in letting you two meet i feel like you were the pacific and his other friends with the atlantic
1: well the thing about my friend brian is that he's um he's peculiar <laughs>
0: I, you know, I, I don't think that you needed to explain that he's peculiar. That was the part where I told you he was my friend was 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 evidence <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wasn't going to say that, but it's definitely some supporting documentation. Normal people don't like him.
1: That's not true. Really, name one, name one normal person who I get along with. Uh, well, everyone's kind of twisted inside. Oh, I guess maybe that's why. Okay, maybe I should. You know what? Maybe nobody's
0: normal and it's all okay. (laughs) Is there... I'm going to call my first album that. I'm trying to think that that's a good name for an album. Are you making an album now? You told me you don't play an instrument. That's entirely,
1: you know, if I get struck by lightning and all of a sudden I'm a musical genius. We should write that movie. Like Kanye West.
0: We should write that movie. (laughs) Kanye (laughs) West is not a musical genius. He says he is. I mean, why would he lie about that? <laughs> uh, good one. <laughs> it's, it's in it for him.
1: Zero. He, uh,
0: I hate that guy. I, fucking... I don't think I've ever listened to his music. I, every time I hear it, like in, I always hear it in a movie soundtrack. And I'm bumping along to it, and I'm like, Bow, meow, 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 and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is some badass shit, and some things are going to explode. Denzel. <laughs> <laughs> and then I find out that he's behind that music, and I'm like, God damn it, now I can't watch the movie or think about that song, because I just... The music that he—it sounds up like you—it en- sounds like you enjoy his music. Actually, the thing is, the songs—most of—not the... No, most—the songs of his that I have heard, about sixty percent of them, I can bump along to when I hear them come on. But I have such a, 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 a repulsion to his personality, and I'm—I'm I'm not the wow. kind of person who tends to like wrap up the person with the artist. I still like Roman Polanski <laughs> movies. You are. I, well, yeah, okay. The hell you aren't, Clint Eastwood. Yeah.
1: Roman Come on, Polanski, man. You're Woody completely Allen. incapable of not doing that. You, just, you have no self-awareness. That's not true. All
0: right, but you, you just said that you don't do a thing that you always do. Okay, just because I'm wrong about myself sometimes <laughs> doesn't mean that I have zero self-awareness. All right, you have like 17 self-awareness. <laughs> I'm
1: not 100? telling you what the scale is. No, you, I'm not telling you what the scale is. What's the scale? I'm not telling you.
0: Fuck it's you, make, man. What's the scale? Make you so mad. How much self awarenesses do you have? <laughs> All of it.
1: <laughs>
0: you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Uh, okay, you have to you have to at least give me like, I don't know, a frame of reference so that I can okay. this math problem is gonna be no, bothering me out there long. I'll- I'll give you a frame of reference. I
1: I chose a, a completely random arbitrary number and assigned it to you, okay. and it is meaningless,
0: <laughs> just then, to upset you. It, but it's meaningless on the horizon of your all of it. So all of it has to be defined to a certain extent. Even no, if no, easily. I literally,
1: I literally picked a number with no scale attached to it and told you that that was your number just to just to upset you.
0: Fine, the number's twenty. I don't care if you have three more self-awareness points <laughs> than I do. Now I have forty. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, you can't, you can't win this. Uh, who put not, you in I'm, charge of the self awareness stats? Uh, the self awareness council of Canada. Oh, uh, yeah, a national council. Yeah, the national council. Oh, well, fuck them. <laughs> Look, you can you can appeal the ruling, but it's like there's a lot of forms no, to fill. Out. There's no point in appealing any rule. It's like the CRTC, man. I don't give a shit what the S S, S-, S- C- C? I'm pretty sure that's a thing in the States, the S. The FCC? Yeah. No, the FCC is a thing, and then the SEC is a thing, Securities and Exchange Commission. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't think they deal with the same stuff. I'm pretty sure they don't. So the S C C in Canada. Yeah. Mm. NSCC. Mm. N- N- NSCC, C, the National Statistics, no, the National what? Self <laughs> N- N- N-S- C- C- C. NSAC. NSAC. Yeah, the NSAC. National Self-Awareness Council of Canada. Yeah. NSAC. And ACC. And SACC. Okay. Yeah. All right. NSAC. You can expect <laughs> some documentation with my letterhead on its way to you. You have letterhead? That's
1: uh, That's an automatic, like, deduction. You know that, right? Why? You should probably go to the website and
0: read up a little bit. Fucking... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> why does a letterhead make you lose self-awareness points? I don't understand that. Well, because nobody who's truly self-aware needs letterhead, dude. I am truly self-aware. No. I need you that's to why be... You, that's why you got a 17. I need you to be aware of myself. That's why I have a letterhead. Not because... <laughs> it's not like I'm writing a letter and I'm like, oh, shit, who's writing this letter? Oh, okay, okay it's me. <laughs> Yeah, but you, you you you
1: have a burning desire that everybody immediately knows who's writing it by looking at the top of your letter. You know, you, you're not willing to do a surprise reveal at the end.
0: It's like, I'm I'm aware of myself, and you should too.
1: That's 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 others' awareness. That's not even.
0: That's I not only so- use it for official bureaucratic communication with places like NSAC because I need them to know who I am up front so that they don't just toss my letter aside. Like, oh, this joker's complaining about his self awareness. They want to be like, oh, holy shit, Pete Morley. Okay. <laughs> This guy business.
1: Wow. Okay. That's the opposite of what happens. They, they toss away all the stuff with letterhead. Fuck. <laughs> uh, I got a It's I, a bureaucracy, you know. It has, its own, it has its own rules. Is it independently regulated? Well, I mean, it's internally regulated. I mean, we're, we're the only ones qualified to regulate ourselves. Does it have a legislated
0: mandate? Yeah. So it's not a private organization.
1: Well, no, it's a government organization, but we, we self-regulate from within the, the the organization. Do you
0: like tribunals and shit? Oh, we have a lot of there's we have a lot of stuff. I'm filing a complaint and requesting arbitration. goddammit. Okay, but you're not going to like it. Oh, I don't care. I'll take this. I'll, let me ask you a question before you take this
1: to the highest authority. Um, are you willing to drink your urine mixed with the urine of another person?
0: Absolutely not. Well. We, There's absolutely no bullshit. There's no way a non governmental organization or a governmental organization that has a legislated mandate in any way, shape, or form, regardless of self regulation or not, could possibly make me drink my own urine mixed with the urine of somebody else. You'd think that. Motherfuckers. (laughs) These are some really old rules. (sighs) What, uh, What kind of legislative arcania did this come out of? Is this pre-1867? I want to read the documentation. Well, it's online. I mean, you just have to fill out some information. Mm, I am not filling out any forms just to get some information about NSAC. I don't know what to tell you. God damn it. I mean, you can write your congressman. I don't have a fucking congressman. This is Canada, damn it. No, you do. You have your NSAC congressman. I have an NSAC congressman? Yeah. Is he an elected official or is he appointed? He's elected in the secret elections. Who partakes in these? What are the delegates in these secret elections? Like, oh my God! How can it's I hope to secret. be represented by an insect? Con- how how can I how can I be an NSEC constituent if I don't know who my congressman is and he's appointed by a secret election? Well, what kind of bullshit operation are you running here?
1: Well, the thing you have to understand is that the people can't handle the truth. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin. That's right. Your hero.
0: (laughs) This conversation is over. (laughs) With Aaron Sorkin as my lawyer, I'm taking this fight to your doorstep. And sack. you'll be hearing from me on letterhead. And don't throw it away or I'll fuck you up. So everybody who
1: doesn't get uh, baited by Pete on Twitter for the next week, you can thank me for giving me something else. To
0: me. <laughs> okay, man, are we good? Yeah, we're good. Oh, okay. uh, do you need a nap? No, I don't need a nap. What I need to do is for the